Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Best Ever You Show. We have a really um, important guest with us today. Her name is Dr. Lynn Chelly. She's from Endicott College. Um, she's the Executive Director of Leadership and Professional Education at Endicott College and has joined us today to have a discussion about anxiety in children um, surrounding uh, the coronavirus. Now, one of the things that I want to uh, just talk about before we kind of get started with Lynn is that um, while Best Ever You does bring you great information and great conversations, we are not the authority on the coronavirus. So I do want to redirect you with emergencies to 911 uh, or to your local authorities, uh, wherever you are in the world listening, um, and whatever it is you dial in the event of an emergency, because our show does reach worldwide. And then also to direct you to the, to the CDC and other websites such as that for up-to-time real information and, um, and news and so forth. So in our community, though, here at Best Ever You, um, at, we have a, we've created an area where we're um, gathering your thoughts and feelings and expertise on the coronavirus. It's besteveryou.com slash coronavirus. And a number of you have joined the website and posted articles, which we're very grateful for. And we're very grateful for moments like this where we have these discussions um, like we're going to have. So um, Dr. Lynn uh, Chelly is with me. Hi, how are you? And thank you. Uh, we are on a new uh, a new link here on the show because we were having some audio problems. So thank you for for calling in and putting up with some of our technical glitches that we appear to be having. Lynn, no no worries. I'm very happy to be here and happy to have this discussion about this really important issue in a time like most of us have never lived through. Yeah, and I can actually hear you this time, so that's going to be a plus. <laughs> um, what I don't have right now in front of me is all of the uh, information and, and your bio and so forth at this exact moment. So I'm wondering if while I'm looking that up, you could do me a favor and please tell um, people a little bit about yourself and your expertise and your background. Uh, that would really be wonderful. Sure. I've been in education, pre-K to doctoral education for 38 years. My um, undergraduate studies were at Clark University in sociology and education and at Boston College for my master's degree in leadership and administration and my doctorate in leadership and administration. And I think the best part for me in my my career is that I've had touch points with um, adults uh, through infants infants through adults and um, have interacted with them at various points and taught them at various points and researched about them at various points. So it's given me a, a, a very good um, holistic view of the, of the continuum of, of, of people and interactions and, and that. And um, I've been a deputy superintendent, a superintendent, a, a professor, 
I, I've taught, as I said, at every level, and I feel um, I feel blessed to have had all the different types of experiences that I've had. Well, and we're blessed to have you, and I thank Endicott College for um, loaning us, um, loaning you to us for this hour. And I thank you, thank them for their support in um, retweeting the show and um, really supporting us there in social media as as we do this. They may have to change, they may have to change their link though, because the show link has changed. But that's okay, right? We'll get all this information out again. Um, you have, you have a um, well, let me just go there for a second, because I think we're all in the unknown. And whenever we're in the unknown, what 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 is likely to come up from that? We're in a very big Well, unknown. I think I think we're all in the unknown. Adults, children, everyone, we're all in the unknown. We're living in, in uncertain times. And I, I think the uncertainty naturally produces anxiety. And, and recognizing that and, and being okay, that it's okay to be anxious, is is a good first step but as adults i think especially if we interact with children as well as one another um that that the uncertainty that produces the anxiety we have to be aware of of ourselves you know i we call that self-awareness in the research um knowing knowing um things about ourselves that are projected onto others that unless we really take time to reflect and think about it um, we might not realize that that's happening, and and in that self self awareness, I think we then have the opportunity to really say, my goodness, if we're interacting with children, then I think we know children miss nothing. But that's a that's a blessing and a curse sometimes, and um, but they miss nothing. So our um, unintentional body language or um, word choice. Etc. Those kinds of things um, that may be very unintentional in this in these uncertain times and anxious times, um, the children aren't going to miss. So I think, as adults, and to help children through this time, especially children of the younger age, um, we have to have the self awareness and we have to self back, take a step back and reflect on a regular basis because it's changing by the minute. And yeah. we're therefore we're changing by the minute. So I think stepping back and, and practicing reflection so that that self awareness can become more of a part of our day and our routine is, is critical. I mean, I think it's great whether we were in this situation or not, but it's it's even more important now. Um, so you can that be so, that self awareness. Go ahead. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Um, the. Hang on just a second. Um, so you, one of the things I didn't do at the top of the show was um, you, you've never been on our show and I have a podcast cat and um, I just want to make sure you know that that little whining in the background is Mel the podcast kitty. She's an Instagrammed podcast co-host and um, she, she's a feral cat who is a like almost like a therapy cat and so forth. Um She's just a wonderful animal, but you're, you might hear her in the background. So I didn't want it to, I didn't want you to say like, what is that in the background? Um, Cause you have, and no I didn't worries announce at all. it to you in on... the beginning of the show um, because she clicked. No the worries. I saw and, her on. And... <laughs> I saw her, I saw her on your website and she, she's adorable. 
funny I can hear in the background but she loves our guests and and that's what I was just about to say because boy she really gets involved when she hears a certain person on the phone and loves their voice she comes right up to the microphone and starts almost meowing so um and that right there is one thing at home that is so lovely everybody's posting pictures of their pets and their cats and their dogs and you know and trying to mellow themselves out but what I was hoping that you could do before we even get into the conversation about anxiety and so forth was really talk about what to look for. Um, what are the signs in a child that they're super stressed out about this? Um, and then couple that, if you can, with, the, with this. If we're stressed out as parents, how do we not transfer that over right on to the kids? Um, because I know I personally am a little bit nervous. Like if somebody says, oh, I'm going, you know, I've, I've been like, no, you're not leaving the house right now. Sorry. And it's, it's a little bit stressful out there, but how do we recognize the signs of stress in kids? And, and it's, I don't even well, know how to an- answer this. There's different ages, too. Well, let's start with the younger children. Let's start with the ones that, um, the ones that are, say, four or five years old, which really pick up on social cues anyway. So it's, it's not much different than if, if, there was, um, if there was a death or if there was something um, – uh, negative happening in in the family. I think it's we look for a change in, in we look for atypical behaviors. We know our children because we interact with them. The teachers know their children because they interact they interact with them. Friends know know children, etc. I think that the atypical behavior for a personality, and that will differ from child to child, and that and that's being very very tight. You know, having your awareness heightened. Um, that atypical behaviors, a child that's normally very, very um, calm and becomes becomes very short and um, uh, very uh, maybe aggressive even, um, mm-hmm. and and that's a that's a, that's a sign that they're they're nervous and that's a sign that they're scared. Um, so I think then moving on to the middle school and high school children, I think that's even more difficult because of the adolescent nature of middle school and the you know, pre-adulthood of high school students, um, they want to be independent. So sometimes their normal behavior, sometimes their normal behavior is that way. So again, getting to know what kind of behaviors to look for. And I always say under any circumstances, but most importantly, these kinds, communication at the level that you can have on a regular and ongoing basis is critical. Critical, critical, critical. Um, it's just like a child. It's just like my my adult children used to come home. How was your day? Good. You know, <laughs> it, it can't be. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> a response, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Did you do your home? Did you sorry? Did you finish your homework? Yes. Yes. Do you have anything else to do? No. No. So, so seriously, right? When when I think probing in a, in a in a calm and empathetic and compassionate way that families and parents and caregivers all do anyway, we have to do an overabundance of that, a real overabundance of that. It may seem, it may seem hard because it may seem gushy, but I, I don't really care at this point. Um, this is what needs to be done because the last thing we want for a child at any level is to bring that inside themselves and not, not be able to cope. Yeah. You know, and this this is a different scenario a little bit. 
in that <clears throat> everybody's sort of, I don't know if this has happened. I can't say this universally. So, so bear with the statement here, but you know, we're all changing all at once. Like parents are home working from home. Kids are home from daycare and it's not like a, a one day thing or schools let out early. I mean, school is canceled and moved on to online format. You know, it's like every change all at once. And, um, you know, you're, we're seeing it in bits and pieces come out, well, largely in social media, too, um, where people are writing, what do I do now that I'm home? I, you know, like my kids are right. Like, right. I, I can't leave the, I can't leave and go to a restaurant. I'm like, no, you may not. Not right now. Right. Right. And, right. So life well, has changed. in the state so, of Massachusetts, yeah. in the state of Massachusetts, the restaurants have closed officially today and for two yeah. months. Uh, at the restaurant, so they're only doing takeout. So it makes our jobs as, as as adults a little bit easier. But I have to say, the most important thing is, because we don't know when this is going to end, is to have a routine, no matter how old the children are, to have a routine, to build some fun into the routine, um, out in open spaces where there's not a lot of people, make sure they have fun. Um, I, I'll tell you a funny, funny anecdote. My seven-year-old grandson um, this, as soon as they announced that school was going to be um, canceled for at least three weeks and they were going to be doing work from home in packets, he put on the chalkboard, chalkboard in the kitchen a schedule that everyone in the family was <laughs> going to follow. At this time, they were going to do math. At this time, they were going to do their reading. And, oh, and, recess, so uh, and recess was built in. And, and snack time was built in. Now, not every child thinks like that. Every child's thinking, okay, I have these packets. I'm going to get through these as fast as I can, and then I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. So I think really setting a routine where they, where children can calmly go through them and not just think that this is a, a rush for anything and try to make life, quote, as normal as possible, air quote, yeah. uh, for, for children is best. This is going to be a little more difficult for the teenagers and because they're driving, they still want to go on on dates. They still want to see their friends. They still want to gather and, 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 um, you know, they don't want to practice social distancing. We know that from the news. So, um, you know, that there, it circles back to the conversation piece, um, about, we don't know minute by minute how this is going to manifest itself truly or, to, to what extent and you know arrange a routine for them as well where they can have people over or be in the backyard or just go out for a walk with one or two people and 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 explain to them you know um about about the distancing um we can't isolate them isolating them is going to um from us uh we can't isolate the teenagers from their friends completely we can try to make it so that it it, it works for them in the best possible way without putting them in harm's way. Yeah. No. And, you know, I'm so thankful for you right now because even just hearing some of the things you're saying, you've given me as a parent some really nice ideas because one of the things we have here at home, we have all four boys home, sons. I, I call them boys, but they're 18, 20, 22, and 24. So they're boys, but they're older boys. They're not little. And um, one of them is a college baseball player. And he just today came came downstairs like, I don't know what to do with myself. I have never had a moment like right now in the history of me not playing baseball. 
I've been in a routine of playing baseball my entire life. And it's true. And um, I just looked at him and I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Let me think on that. I have to really actually think. And so I acknowledged that he was like, I acknowledged he was, I wouldn't call it stressed because he's a pretty, you know, he he thinks for himself and and can kind of get out. But there's an element of stress and anxiety there, I think, or he wouldn't have opened his mouth and said something. And, you know, you just, it's a new normal. So I'm not sure how to even answer that. I still don't know. So if you have an idea as as we go through this conversation today on that one, let me know, because you have great experience with all these college kids too. And hang on, because we have a caller and I'm going to check in with the caller to see if they'd like to ask you a question or just listen. So caller in 303, I'm just going to pull the line live and you can just tell me if you're listening or want to ask a question. So I don't know who this is. So hello, caller 303 in the 303 area code. Do you want to ask a question or just listen? Just listen, please. Okay. Thank you. All right. Awesome. So um, thank you for calling in. We really appreciate our listeners. And if there is something that we can help you with or that we didn't um, talk about, just feel free to email us or tweet us at best ever you. So do you have any advice to all the college kids all, all let up? Because I, you know, little kids, you can kind of keep occupied. You can read to them and play outside and go, you know, do all these different things. And you're kind of in, you know, you're kind of in the driver's seat a little bit more. But the college age kids, they're like, um, yeah, I'm on the computer. <laughs> I've done enough video games now, which I never thought I'd hear <laughs> in my lifetime. Do you have any ideas? No, I yeah, I, I do. I, I think that I, I never thought in a million years we'd hear that they had too many video games either. I mean, seriously, or too many movies because um, <laughs> yeah. they couldn't have a conversation. I think, you know what, I, I see, I've i seen um, some people and I've recommended to people that um, the hiking is really good. It's really good to, to be sure that they get their air and not just alone, but they can go with, you know, small groups and keep that distance. Um, trying to find a hobby trying to find a hobby, I feel badly for your son and all of the athletes and every oh, and yeah. every other college and high school student that wasn't able to complete their sports. Um, or graduate. Going out and throwing the ball around. Gra- yeah. like, we don't even know about graduation ceremonies. And it's, 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 it's a time where they, they are really being asked to become adults when being forced to, become, to think like adults. And so what would we do um, if they if they like to read? I would encourage them to read and read read light light books, you know, books that they like that that that's not going to you know perpetuate the negative the negativity that's all around us. If they like to paint, I I would I would say find a spot uh, a peaceful spot. Now the sport that the athlete. The athletes need to be running. They need to continue their regiment, even though they can't go to the gyms anymore. Um, they need to find a way to continue their regiment at home or, in, or at one friend's house. Um, and I would encourage families to get together to, to brainstorm what works for their college or high school or middle school child because what they're thinking of, you might not be thinking of. And what I'm suggesting may be a help to somebody who hasn't even, you know, thought of those kinds of things. Yeah. 
The board just lit up with a lot of callers, so I thank you all for calling in live. I'm going to take one more phone call here and just see if someone would like to ask you a question. Um, so caller from the 408 area code, I'm going to bring your microphone live with ours. Don't be nervous, but just let me know if you'd like to ask a question or if you'd just like to listen in. It'd be really helpful. Caller in the 408 area code, would you like to listen in or, or just uh, ask a question? Hello, hello. All right, we're going to let them listen. <laughs> that's, that's I don't want to talk on the radio. Let's <laughs> speak for that. So, you know, <laughs> that, that silence is golden. Um, anyway, so thank you for calling in. And to the rest of you, I'll kind of randomly do that here and there. Um, but I think I may just respect the silence there because I think we've got a lot of listeners because the information is, is so key. Um, we're, t we're talking with Dr. Lynn Shelley of Endicott College. Dr. Lynn is, I called you just Dr. Lynn. Can I call you that? I kind of like that, but Dr. Oh, Kelly, absolutely. sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Lynn, no, Dr. No, Kelly. No, no, Dr. Lynn is fine. Dr. <laughs> okay. Lynn is fine. <laughs> She's the Executive Director of Leadership and Professional Education and just has a wealth of experience with kids of all ages. Um, and we're talking to her about anxiety in kids. And so far, we've talked about things to, uh, you know, signs to recognize. I think, I think our college age student did that today, just piped right in. Um, and then, you know, what to do. And I think we need to go there for a minute and talk about, you know, the last thing we want is someone getting ill. We didn't even talk about that. Right. And I think parents right. are worried. Like part of the anxiety here is, am I going to get sick? Are they going to get sick? Are my parents going to get sick? Grandparents? I mean, there is a lot of worry right now about the different levels of how this presents itself. Exactly. There is worry. There, and that's where the anxiety in the adults come in. And that's where the anxiety can trans can be projected to the to children at any age level. And um, the worry is real. And as adults, we have to acknowledge that. You know, I have children all over the state, and I have grandchildren. And with every little sniffle, they're, they're, they're wondering. And, and my daughter-in-law is a nurse, but, but projecting, the, the, projecting the nervousness and projecting the adult anxiety is going to manifest itself two children of every age and produce those atypical behaviors that we discussed earlier and maybe even magnify them. And so being, we, we need to acknowledge with one another as adults, our anxiousness, our worry, um, keep up to date with real time facts as much as possible. Um, and then find a way to self-regulate that so that it's not projected on our children. And that's not an easy task to do on a day-to-day -day basis. Again, never mind in a situation that's changing by the minute. So yeah. the self-regulation piece, yeah, really the self-regulation piece for adults, um, you know, there are adults of all different kinds of personalities. We've interacted, we've all interacted with the, with the introvert, the extrovert, the one who has the short temper, the one the one who in the family that always wants to be right, you know, at the kitchen table at, at a holiday, haha, they're the one that always wants to be right. Well, guess what? We're all in this together. And if we don't take a good solid look at ourselves and try to self-regulate those behaviors, those are going to be magnified. And again, I say projected and we don't want our children to take or in, take any in anymore than they're already taking in from, 
TV and social media in each other, you know, yeah. even, even from one another. Do you, <coughs> sorry, as I cough on the radio, I, I've been, I've been talking a lot these past few days. <coughs> sorry about that. And I know you don't need to send me an email about it <laughs> or anything like that. I got emails last night when I coughed. It's like, no, 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 it's okay. Um, I've got water right here. But do you think if I'm listening to the news as an adult and I have small children around, do I need to shield them from the news? Like, let's say I'm, I'm listening myself. <clears throat> do I need to watch when I'm getting, watch where I'm getting my updates and who's in the room and so forth? Or should you bring your kids, should you bring your kids in the loop on the news? So to that, I would say it depends on the age level of the child. And the teenagers, I think um, it's a good opportunity to open a, uh, a conversation and communication and keep that talking going about what we know and when we know it and how it's changed. For the younger children, I would definitely shield them and I would talk to them about this, a situation at their level. This is a time that's different than usual. You're home from school. I'm home from work, but we're going to get on a routine. And this is about it. We want to keep everybody safe. This is why we're doing this is to keep everybody safe. And the adults are, that are in charge of this are watching it carefully and doing everything they can and trying to make sure that the decisions they make are only to keep us safe. And so I would yeah. really not let the children younger than, I would say, uh, middle school, even the fifth graders. I, I get nervous even with the fifth graders, fifth and sixth graders, um, because mm -hmm. I do have a grandson that's in, in sixth grade, and, and he's, he's a wreck over this. And I said <clears> to my <throat> daughter, get him out of the room when the news is on or turn it off and open that line of communication with him. And you can obviously stay a little bit more with them that it is, you know, it's like a cold. It's like, you know, a cough. Say a little bit more to them about the realities of the situation than you can with a five-year-old. And you can, you know, obviously say even more to, to the teenagers who are pre-adults. Um, who I would say, who I would say, I think you need to, because um, their lives, they're they're ready for it cognitively, and and they're ready for this. And I not to scare them, but to try to make it so it they can remain level, yeah. and they don't feel like they're in the dark. And they feel and they feel like, you know, gee, gee, I'm up to date on on every bit of information so I'm gonna it's gonna be easier for me to make good decisions around this now I don't know if we can answer this question um, but feel free to take it uh, or pass but we just I just got texted a question that um, someone has a newborn baby and they're in they're in the hospital they're listening to our show from their hospital um, they have a newborn baby whoa I I'm not I'm personally am not qualified to take that one <clears throat> um, they have a newborn baby and they're at home or they're in the hospital? They're in the hospital no. and they're nervous and anxiety. I, I think with, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm not, I'm not qualified to say that because I, you know, every hospital has a different level of, they, they have standards, but, but you, you, we all know, we all know being in the hospital sometimes can be, can be stressful in and of itself. Yeah. Um, I, I think I we're going to pass on that, on that question. Yeah. Leave it to the medical professionals to to decide when and when when it's time for them to go home. 
Yeah, I think that's probably a, a good idea. Um, and, and this shows more about anxiety in your children. And so um, although there's a point of there is a point of like if you're anxiety that can translate to newborns, too, and so forth. So um, I like what you said earlier about keeping your attitude as positive as possible in these moments. And um, do you have any suggestions for for how to keep, you know, how to keep ourselves and our frame of mind as adults positive so that we can um, do the same with our children, um, especially in terms of like distraction. I know if I had little kids right now and they were all home, let's say they were two, four, six and eight, we'd be out in the yard playing basketball or baseball or wiffle ball. It's even kind of cold out here in Maine, but we'd probably still be out there. We'd be reading, we'd be watching movies um, and, and baking or you know, doing distracting things. Is that a good idea? I, I you know in all of <laughs> baking all, sounds fun. It is. It, it, you you hit on you hit on everything. I think I think what's important is in one of the in one of the books that was that I quoted in the in the article that I sent to you um they call it healthy distractors, positive distract distractors. I like to look at them as a refocus from the from so you have now have a new routine. So you're now refocusing to a new routine, but it's a positive routine, and you're celebrating. And I think adults adults need to be able to communicate with one another, whether it's over the phone or in a social this type of way, um, what they're feeling, and their and and what they're trying to do to um, to have these healthy distractors, um, as quoted in that book. I think yeah. people might agree with everything you've said, but then you might have a family that is not the outdoorsy type that wouldn't go out and throw the ball around or play wiffle ball or hike. So for those people, it may be that they sit down, like I said, and paint or read as a family together or, you know, Great they released Frozen, they released, <clears throat> Disney released the movie early that they were supposed to not release until June. And I know a multitude of families that said, it was the best thing they could ever do because they sat down as a family and it started a routine, a positive routine, and it was a healthy, it was a healthy refocus for their lives. So to find that sweet spot in a family um, where, it, especially for the young children and, and the older ones too, because they need, they didn't, they're going to go stir crazy if we keep them in the house all the time. So to find right. that sweet spot that works for their personalities, I think, is the key. You, as caregivers, we know whether we're caring for elderly or children, we know intimately personalities of the people we're caring for. So we can find that sweet spot. We're not going to force someone who likes to read and paint to go out and have a hike if they don't like to hike and they don't like the outdoors. But we're going to ask them to get some fresh air every day so that their bodies maintain a healthy, a healthy um, persona. Uh, and, and that's really important because staying in the house and, you know, making sure, I would say, and this is a pretty normal suggestion, but I, I've been saying it all along. I don't care how cold it is outside, open the doors for 10 or 15 minutes. And just get let some fresh air in if you can. If you don't have really, really small children, and if you do, bundle them up inside the house and get that fresh air in because that we know as human beings invigorates us 
in a normal yeah. way. <clears throat> One of our um, thought leaders on the website sent uh, in a blog this morning about the sunset. And to, I, I just thought that was so interesting to not forget like sunrise and sunset and the beauty around you um, while this is happening. And I, and that kind of goes hand in hand with fresh air and hikes and outside and things that you, that you're talking about. And so I, I, I appreciate um, what you're saying. And I think they're just fabulous suggestions and, and just great reminders. And even if you've heard all of this before, I think it's confirming and it's community. And that was one of the points I wanted to make too, of, you know, if you are feeling really anxious or depressed or scared or whatever it is that you're feeling, community is, is lovely. And I know in, in just our own best ever you community, which is like, 3,000 some people, people are actually outright posting that they're sad or scared or they're a first responder or this or that. And the community is showing up to comfort each other. And um, yeah. what do you think about yeah. that? Well, I think it's, 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 it's so important. As I said, um, as adults going, going to each other and saying out loud, I don't know how to deal with these feelings. I know in our community um, a few days ago, a few days after the full moon, there was a moon rise. And we live on the ocean. We're very lucky. And the community, you could see people along the shoreline together watching the moon rise. And I've lived here for 10 years, and I've never seen that. And I've never seen that. And I can only imagine the conversations that were going on while they were watching the moon rise. Um, Because because it was a new thing that I've never seen for 10 years. And, um, and, and what we're living in is surreal and, and um, the new normal. So people were needing to be with other people, but not, you know, in a, in an unsafe way. Um, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, my neighbor across the hall is 85 years old and I check on him every day, even though he drives and he walks and everything. And I make sure, and I think just doing those kinds of things that we would do under any circumstances, even though we're busy and everyone's running around, try to, try to make a conscious effort to do them even more, to do them and not to miss the little things. And I think in our hectic, busy lives, we missed the little things. That's what made me think. What made me think of it when I saw the people along the shoreline watching the moon rise for the mm-hmm. first time ever. I said, That's "So cool. This is this is this is very cool." And it took this kind of crisis for people to stop their lives and enjoy the beauty of what we have around us in each other and and in in nature, in our families with our friends, how, and hold them dear, even though we can't hold them. Um, I think this is a time for reconciliation for a lot of people too, to be honest with you, um, where, you know, we're feeling our mortality and I'm saying this to the adults. I'm speaking about adults here. Um, you know, you know, family tool may be fractured. This is a time where people are feeling their mortality. And I've heard, you know, that people have reached out who haven't spoken in lots of years and, um, it's a time of healing. It can be a time of healing as well. Yeah, I, I'm finding there's two things that people aren't are really struggling with talking about, uh, aside from kids and anxiety and what to do and you know and how to keep everybody entertained and engaged and all those things. But one is exactly what you just said: feeling your own mortality. That is 
brewing up a lot of anxiety for adults and um, at all ages. <coughs> Excuse me. And then also uh, money. People are really, yes. really scared about how they're, you know, because no one knows how long this is going to last. And there are a lot of people who were already not okay financially who definitely aren't going to be okay now. And, and you hear that chatter starting to happen. No, and I know best friend who um, whose son moved into a new apartment Sunday. And yeah. he's a chef. And they don't do takeout. And they closed the restaurants in Massachusetts effective today. It's just a different moment, isn't it? It's just, it's devastating. It's devastating to the, to, to, to their son. It's devastating to them as parents. It's devastating because they don't know either because they're working from home. It's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a cycle that we're in that is just, magnifying the anxiousness across the board for, for adults and do you, again manifesting go ahead. Well do you think right there that um there will be a push to hire employees for online things? Do you think like maybe LinkedIn will change slightly so that we we pool the talent and draw where we can to do different activities? Well do I you, hope so, you, but that's what's gonna solve the whole problem. It, it no. really isn't because because when I think about children working from home, I think about the urban centers and I think about the rural centers where the middle school and high school students are expected to complete their classes online, as well as the college students yeah. who are expected to go online. And I feel like we as a community, as a society, need to be really, really sensitive to the fact that this doesn't become a discriminatory and an access equal access because and we have to be flexible to that because i i know that um i had a friend that was up in in vermont and she said i have spotty spotty internet i'll call you when i get back so imagine imagine a middle schooler high schooler being or a college student being required to go home early disrupting disrupting the last part of you know a semester or possibly their senior year, and then nervous about finals and nervous about the you know second half of the you know the semester because of yeah. because of things that are beyond their control. So as a society, I would hope that yes, LinkedIn places you know places like LinkedIn would change and things would go online, but there's a coupling with that that has to be an, an acknowledgement that we have another issue to deal with while we're trying to do that as well. Super great point. And then also, <clears throat> let's bring it back down. I, I love this conversation because it's covering all the bases, you know, all the different ages and all the different, you know, it, it, it's sort of free-flowing anxiety going on in the call. We're just like, here's some anxiety for you. How are we going to deal with it? And that's kind of the way anxiety is sometimes. It's not a, a structured thing. It just kind of comes up randomly and you don't know how to deal with it. So um, here's another one. Um, that I was thinking while you were, while you were talking, and I'm sorry that I, I was talking to respond in uh, I, in this one. I was I was listening, but I was listening to respond, which isn't normally what I do. But um, what I what about when money is tight and you have little kids or teenage kids, and they're used to doing this or that, and now suddenly we can't afford that. 
Well, I think that's a huge issue, and I think that has to be um, a, a fam- an individual family approach because every situation is going to be different. But I think that the adults have to model the fact that they're going without as well. Like yeah. they're sacrificing because of the situation as well. And and talk about, even with the five-year-olds will understand that, if they expect to, you know, go to, a, go to the YMCA every, you know, three days a week and now it's closed or they expect to go to the movies even though it's closed or they expect to go shopping and buy things. Um, the mall's still open, you know, but we're going without because we have to put, we have to put food on the table. Right. We're going without because we have to pay the mortgage or the rent. And I think the critical part of that is you don't want to see your mom and dad go out unless it's absolutely necessary and, and buy a brand spanking new car, you know, or, or a piece of jewelry or something that really is totally opposite of what you're trying to get across to your children. You have to right. be part of that whole, that, that, that group, that, that unit, that family unit, however it's, however it's designed. Where everyone's modeling it. Yeah, I just thought of like shopping therapy, and uh, I do want to be respectful respectful of your time and so forth. But I I want to um, address the kids that go to school and have food programs. If I could, I just got a question about that. Um, I I to the person who's emailing me this, I am not uh, incredibly. I'm very aware of this but I don't know the solution to this or where to really point you, especially if the school is closed and so forth. But there, there, we, we've probably had this question since we've been on the air like 10 times now. So I'm going to bring it up before we go. Um, where kids are going to school and that's where they get their food um, on breaks and so forth. Do you, are you versed in that to talk about that? Cause it, they're talking about how it's making. I am. Yeah, I am because I'm still connected to the superintendent's network, even though I'm a, a college, I'm in, a, in, a, in higher education now. Um, communities in Massachusetts and I think around the country, for children who get their breakfast and lunch at school, they're still getting it, and then and they're actually there are actually communities who are opening it up to everyone. They're leaving grab and go meals. For the Good. children that would normally get that, but they're saying on social media, we're not turning anyone away. So okay. if, if somebody that's elderly that you know, I mean, just just the town that I live in and the town over are doing that. They're being left outside in, in crates that are covered and, 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 you know, secure and sanitary outside the cafeteria door between 11 and 1 and between in the morning time. And they're just saying, come if you need it, bring something to someone if they need it, and we're not turning anyone away. And okay. I think the federal government is, is realizing that, so I think they're going to be increasing the allocations, the state and federal funding for, for those kinds of things to assure that, that, the, that especially the children and the elderly are getting the food that, that they need and rely upon on, on a daily basis. Good. Thank you for that. And um, I'll research that a little bit more and see if maybe I can put up some links or, or Dr. Lynn, if you see something that you think would complement our efforts here, um, please, by all means, um, send us more articles or links or, or whatever it is, because um, I, by the number of callers that have called in to listen to you, I think that um, <clears throat> you'll, you're, you're, 
very well versed on this topic, and I think people are finding you helpful because everybody has stayed on the oh. line. Um, you, you know, if somebody's not helpful, people hang up, and that's not the case. So, um, and I can see it all. <laughs> so, do you? Uh, before we go, um, let's end on a on a positive note. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be dissed for saying, oh, let's find the positive in this, you know, kind of thing. Um, but yet. Uh, it is who who I am and what I seek is, you know, when there's negative, I, I wrote this on Twitter. I'm like, let's throw more positive energy at it and, and make people feel better and, and, you know, not sugarcoat it by any stretch, but really um, be mindful. So does any part of this have any positive? I know we talked about it, so take take it and run. <laughs> I, I I do I do think I do think it's going to be it's going to be positive in a, in in many ways, even though it's a really awful situation. I don't want to downplay yeah. how terrible and, and what a crisis it is. Please, exactly. because of the family members who have, you know, are sick and lost people are losing family people. Members. Yeah. Yes, and so so my heart breaks, but but. but this is also the coping and the, and, the, and, the, and the strategy to get through this as a community. I think that you mentioned that, and that was a great, great point. I think it, it's bringing communities together, and it's bringing family units together, no matter how that family unit is defined for an individual family. It's, it, it's breaking bonds of, and barriers that have been negative in families and in communities and with neighbors. And I think it's also... It's also showing the true grit, if you will, and I, I hope Good that word. is being taken in a positive way. We're strong. The true grit. We're a strong. Yep. Um, I think your phone dropped out. I don't know why. Um, that's not going to let you call back in either. Um, so I think. I, I know what she was saying. She was saying we're strong, and I know she's got to go too. So um, I'm going to end actually on that note and just just remind everybody that we are strong. And I I wanted to also say that one of the things that I did with um, our uh, what I recommended um, to some people was to write. And so if your child is drawing pictures, writing, or you know if it's it doesn't have to be specifically about the coronavirus or anything either, but if that's something that you are doing with your child, please feel free to um, join our community. We're Best Ever You on Facebook, and you can join us and post. You can post writing. You can post pictures. You can post whatever it is that you color crayon drawing. Somebody said, hey, my three-year-old painted this, and we posted it. So, And you can post yourself, and we won't delete it. Um, and so I hope that we continue to serve as a community um, that has conversations such as this. So if you have a comment or a, com- or a conversation that you want to have with us, I'm happy to do more podcasts. Hopefully we'll have better audio. Um, it is a little bit of a sign of the times. So we're having some very serious audio problems today. And hopefully we got through this show just fine. And I appreciate you all listening to the show. And I especially want to thank Dr. Lynn Shelley for being with us. And I will post links um, so that you can find her. And um, she did post a wonderful article 
on uh, besteveryou.com as well. So there's an article to go with the audio. So thank you so much for listening to Best Ever You. Again, thank you so much, Dr. Lynn Chelly from Endicott College for being with us to discuss the coronavirus and the implications of anxiety, depression, change, and so forth, and, and how to maneuver through these uncertain times. So really appreciate you all being with us. Thank you and stay well, stay safe, stay healthy. And remember, uh, if you have an emergency, please dial 911. Um, and also, please remember that um, there are organizations, uh, we have links to them on our homepage where you can get the most current information of, of, from the CDC. All right. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 